Hey, this is Nick here from Sports Pack 12. This is our mailbag question segment. And before I get to it, just want to say it's a beautiful day in Seattle outside. Earlier this week, there was like a monsoon going. I took a walk. I seriously almost broke my phone. I was, was kind of rattled. <laughs> That's a factual statement. But the manufacturer of this phone held up. So good job. We're out here. We're out here. So enough about that. You have your mailbag questions. And you can send them in a written format. And either Dane Miller will answer via written response. Or I will probably yell at you and answer via podcast form. Just, you know, send in the questions and we'll answer it in whatever format you feel more comfortable from down south to Arizona, out to the corner of the Palouse, we got Cali, we got Oregon schools, we got Washington schools, we got Utah schools, and we got the Buffs. We got Buff Nation. I just love saying that. Don't really know why. But in all seriousness, during the season, we compete against each other. We have our rivals. But all together, we are the Conference of Champions. And let's come together and let's get some good questions. Without further ado, let, let, let's hop to it. Okay, so today's question is from Matthew in Sierra Vista, Arizona. And it reads, seriously, Arizona gets no undrafted? None? What does that say about the state of the program under Kevin Sumlin? So first and foremost, Matthew, I think you know exactly what that says about the state of the program. I mean, clearly they're not doing what they need to be doing. So I just want to start off by saying, I can only give a limited answer to this actual question. I'll do my best to get you some stats. But what I will do is maybe give you some hope for next season and to kind of break down a little bit of the upcoming season's preview. So first and foremost, though, to answer your original question, where is the state of the AZ program under Kevin Sumlin? So again, first and foremost, no one getting drafted is the obvious sign of a program not recruiting talent. I mean, there's no other way to say it. If you're not getting one guy drafted, not freaking one, there's not a Zendayas kicker somewhere out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, man. And so, but for me, what's more concerning is the fact that for Arizona, you're going to expect them not to be able to recruit like, recruit like Oregon or USC or Alabama because now apparently Alabama's in the Pac-12. <laughs> but uh, the thing that's more concerning is the fact that they're not building up the talent they do have. And to be fair, most of these guys, the seniors and upperclassmen last year, were Rich Rod spillovers. So having Kevin Sumlin this year, having upperclassmen that he recruited, at least the juniors, this could be a year where things take a turn and maybe, you know, the program makes a huge leap forward. But again, still, with that being said, not one person got drafted. So I think that stands for itself. On top of that, they had the worst recruiting class in the Pac-12 this year in a rank 61st nationally. That's not a good sign. I mean, you're getting no one drafted. You got the worst class in the Pac-12. And to top that off, in 2021, they don't have one player committed yet. So... This will probably work itself out, to be quite frank, but just something to keep in mind right now. In his two years with the program, Sumlin's teams have finished 5-7 and seven and 4-8, and eight, uh, with a lot of weird consistency, or I should say inconsistencies. In 2018, the team struggled early on out the gate, but then they did find some wins to end the year. And in 2019, the Cats jumped out 4-1, and one, really kind of surprising everyone, and then ended the year on a seven-game losing streak. So just not a lot of consistency not sure what that's all about. Could have had to do with Khalil Tate's injuries and lack of production. But the bottom line is, this is his do-or-die year. In another, in another subpar season, he's getting the heck out of town. Boy, you ain't keeping him around for third year if he performs like this. So, I had to reach out. Okay, well, before before we get ahead of ourselves here. That essentially answers the question. I mean, no one drafted. Two losing seasons. Ended last season on a seven-game losing streak. And they don't have a recruit sign for the twenty one twenty for the twenty twenty one class, and the worst current recruiting class in the Pac twelve for the upcoming season. 
Where do you think the state of the program's at? Come on now, Matt. I think I think you know that answer. So, as always, you know, I do I do another podcast with Dane, another senior writer here at Sports Pack 12. Dane is the man with the AZ Wildcat facts, so I had to reach across to him. Want to give him a lot of credit for the answer. Help me, I can't say limit my research, still did Still did my notes, but Dane really guided me on where to go. So he gets a lot of credit for the following part of this answer. I really didn't know how to like phrase that cool. So I just kind of made some Star Wars sound. Figured it'd work out. So looking at the Wildcats program as a whole for next year. Again, they're at the bottom. Let's let's understand that. We've covered that. But looking ahead, they do have Grant Gannell back. And he's going to be the main storyline, hands down. He does have the ability to lead them to like a 6-6 six and six season in a bowl game. Got a lot of experience last year while Khalil Tate was out, but he was never exclusively the guy. You know what I'm saying? I think you know that. He was a dual-faceted quarterback, and that puts a lot of pressure on the back of your head, just knowing if, if I throw an interception, am I coming out? Is this a seniors team? What's going on exactly? Ah! What's going on exactly? I think that's maybe how a lot of the world feels right now. So, Gunnell threw for nine touchdowns, 1,239 yards, and one interception last year. And uh, has a very, very you know impressive freshman campaign. And again, this is the coaching staff's own guy. So he played in eight games in 2019, including three starts. So it'll be interesting to see if having their own quarterback under center will take this program, at least veer them in the right direction. Let's stop the downhill trajectory and let's start scooting up the hill one pedal at a time. I think I can. I think I can. So at running back, they have solid depth with Gary Brightwell, Nathan Tilford, and Michael Wiley all returning. Even though three-year J- uh, three-year stud halfback J.J. Taylor, who's a workhorse, is gone. They do have viable options to replace him. Last season, oh, whoa, my notes were scrolling away there. Last season, Brightwell had 390 yards for five touchdowns on 66 carries, and Nathan Tilford averaged 6.2 yards per carry and finished with four touchdowns. Another key note, before I actually, you know, we're going to go a little out of order here. So on offense, you have a returning quarterback, kind of, potentially skilled players at running back. We'll have to see. At least they have reps. They're probably not a J.J. Taylor, but they do have reps and may mature and blossom. So on offense, AZ should be all right. They have some receivers. We're not going to go too much more in depth with their offense. The real side of the ball that they need to worry about is on the defense, and they have a new defensive coordinator. Paul Rhodes is the new guy in town. Marcel Yates got fired last year after the Cats finished 11th in the Pac-12 against the rush and pass and dead last in scoring defense. (laughs) <laughs> not good, baby. Not good. They do return some playmakers in Kyle Wil- Wilborn, Tony Fields II, and Colin Schooler in the front seven, but depth could be a concern. And so the major area that really could determine this year's season is the front seven. I think Arizona really does have enough players up front to be good. 20% of their... How, how do I say this stat here? Defensive linemen make up 20% of Arizona's 80 scholarship players, including seven returning seniors or seven scholarship juniors. So, I mean, you got seven upperclassmen scholarship players and 20 linemen out, one-fourth of their (laughs) scholarship players are all linemen. So you should have something up front, at least something, you'd think. They also have an amazing linebacker trio in college schooler, Colin Schooler, Anthony Pandy, and Tony Fields II. So bottom line is their front seven should be pretty good. Secondary still inexperienced, but as mentioned at the top, a lot of freshmen got a lot of experience last year. So they should be all right. I mean... You'd think that with a solid front seven and a pretty solid passing attack, they return their four leading statistical position. How do you say that? Four leading statistical analysis leaders at receiver. They return their four leading receivers last year, essentially. So they have solid wideouts, solid running back. 
could be a solid quarterback. Offensive line, probably a question mark. And the defense and the secondary in particular, a question mark. So there is some hope. There's some bright spots. There's definitely some areas to improve. But, you know, just breaking down this analysis and its whole talent-wise, the program's not at the very bottom. Talent-wise, again, not the very bottom. Can They have enough where they could definitely pull out some wins. But based off last season with no draft picks, the worst class in the Pac-12, and losing your final seven games, yeah, they're starting from the bottom. So, Matt, there's a dual-faceted answer. There are lots of words there. Hey, thanks for the question. And where's Sierra Vista? There's my question back at you this week. I have no idea where Sierra Vista is. Thanks, as always. Have a good day.